What's going on, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of Triggered. This is Triggered episode number 488 here on Wednesday, October 25th. Uh, we got a special guest, the one, the only managing editor of Town Hall, Spencer Brown, here with us. An offensive tackle for the Bills. That's true. Yes. That is what comes up on Google when you also, Google Spencer Brown. Also, an EDM DJ in Europe. Really? I think I had a... Spencer's very busy. He's been busy. I think I just finished up a very successful residency in Ibiza, so. (laughs) That's how you said it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, once I'm, you know, once you're there with the locals. You should know, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Spencer Brown. Oh, there's also a black Spencer Brown, too. Oh, boy. Wow. There's both. So you get all blacked up and you play for the, no. the Michigan, oh Michigan State <laughs> from Lenox, from Lenox, Iowa. Yeah, I mean it's not that far from Minnesota. Twenty five. So there could be yeah. how much, tall? Much younger than us. How tall was he? Six, Six eight. eight. Oh my oh, god, that's like another. It's me. like a giant. Yeah. All right, so we finally have a new speaker of finally. the house, uh, Mike Johnson from Louisiana. Um, not bad, you know. I mean, he's you know he's not a known quantity for most people outside of the Beltway. Mm-hmm. I will say he has had some good moments in hearings in the past. He's a good, solid conservative, uh, good Christian, God fearing man. Um, we'll see. I think it could be good. AOC called him a GOP MAGA extremist. So well, they call everybody. That. Yeah, but but no, but that means that means it's a if good if we had Democrats cheering for this, we would know that they yeah. had made a mistake. I agree with that. Yeah, but instead, you have Democrats immediately, as we saw even when he was just the speaker designate. But they were all like, "What do you? You were leading the obstruction of the election and all this stuff." And it's like, "No, shut up." Right. Yeah. Virginia <laughs> Fox can do no wrong. She's a national treasure. Oh but yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. He's. I mean, it's interesting to me that. Clearly, he's well-liked by everybody, mm-hmm. and he's been able, like, he's been there for several years, and he's been able to not, like, alienate any of the wings of the Republican conference, which has been good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, obviously, as Speaker of the House, you're going to end up making people mad at you. Oh, for sure. Inevitably, yeah. but at least he's starting from a point where, like, half the conference doesn't hate him. And there were no defections. Every single Republican that was there voted for him. So, like, yeah. well done. It's, it seems to be for now that this would be uh, a decent upgrade over McCarthy. Um, you know, that's to be determined still in the way that he runs the House and the governance that goes on there. But, you know, I'm not sure if the juice was worth the squeeze yet. I think the jury's still out on that. I think that we lucked out significantly as a party electorally going into next year that there was so much other terrible going on at Mm. the time of this debacle that's true that it took the attention away from capitol hill and the chaos up there and the dysfunction uh because i was a little concerned that you know obviously the election's a year away it's a long time from now a lot can happen right but it definitely was driving the narrative even amongst people who aren't you know politically in tune that Mm -hmm. wow it's a mess up there the republicans can't get their together they can't even elect a leader of their own party like you know it was just a narrative of like can we govern (laughs) against and we literally couldn't right for like 20 days yeah that's not a good look yeah yeah Yeah. but so i i think uh and it seems like they're getting to work even today right away after the speaker vote they're doing a vote on a resolution to support israel and condemn hamas Mm. which will immediately again put Democrats on their heels because Democrats are going to have to explain why oh, yeah, you presumably know. several members of the Democrat conference voted against supporting Israel and condemning Hamas. Well, you know be... the usual terrorists like Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Expel probably them. Corey Bush, AOC, maybe, oh yeah, definitely AOC. Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah, I don't know. Hakeem's been kind of in, but do you think he'll vote against it? 
I don't know. Pramila Jayapal, probably. Uh, uh, who's uh, who's the bald one? Oh, uh, I, 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 Ayanna Press. Yeah, yep. She'll be in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those will be the usual suspects. I don't. I don't. You know, I'm not going to be too surprised by that, but it is nice to put them on record against it. Uh huh. Um, and every other Democrat leader, Joe Biden, the press secretary, basically anybody who speaks for Democrats as a whole should have to answer for that then as well. I don't is, count on the mainstream media to ask that question, but they, everybody should be asked, what do you make of your fellow Democrats saying that Hamas shouldn't be condemned? Well, it's very, uh, it's very interesting looking at, you know, just a percentage-wise of the elected Democrats, right? Because it'll still be, you know, probably, what, 85 90% of Democrats will vote for that resolution yep. against Hamas. You have that 10%. But if you look at the general... You know, population. You're the talking left, about Democrat voters. Yeah, Democrat yeah. voters. The you know the left, much much bigger in on the anti-Semitic, Jew-hating, anti-Israel, pro-Hamas wing right now. Oh, they're all lunatics. Oh yeah, and we're gonna talk about some of the stuff that's been happening on college campuses, but it really is crazy to me how we have so many terrorist yeah. supporters in our country. A lot of jihadists. It's trash. terrifying. It really it's is terrifying because yeah. it's. Uh, Something that I've been, like, working through as I've been covering all this stuff is, like, going through school and learning about world history. And you learn about World War II and the rise of Hitler and how, you know, appeasement failed from Neville Chamberlain Mm -hmm. and everything else. And you're like, oh, so the Holocaust happened because of weak leaders and nobody was willing to speak up and say anything or put down Hitler and the Nazis. But, like, how is that possible? Like, there's no way that could happen again because you go mm-hmm. to the Holocaust Museum and the whole point is, like, never again will this happen. Well, and then you see exactly what the world's response has been to what happened on October 7th in Israel, and you're like, oh, that's how the Holocaust yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. Like, you have an not insignificant number of people around the country, leaders, media, etc., that are all making apologies for Hamas terrorists and Iran and everybody else in the region that wants to erase Israel as a country and kill all of its citizens... And you're like, oh, no, this is exactly how this happens. Like, it's mm-hmm. actually not that hard to believe all of a sudden. And it's terrifying. And I think you've seen some polling now where Democrats, especially young Democrats, are on this issue. And it's going to be very interesting to see how long it takes Joe Biden to start caving on this. He already has pretty significantly on a few things. Uh, but I think you're going to see it get a lot worse from the White House because yeah. he's going to start panicking about young voters. Because young voters are basically the reason that he won in 2020. And if those people start yeah. falling and off, suburbanites, yeah. well, well right. you've you've yeah. seen, I think, the crazy uh, Muslim, you know, pro Hamas protesters, essentially chanting against Joe Biden, yeah, and uh, saying that uh, basically they'll never vote for him again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that he's committing genocide in in their name, oh, which yeah, is crazy, yeah. um, you know. And that, that they use that same line with the uh, the so called. With the Jewish people for ceasefire up on Capitol Hill. Oh, yeah, Jewish Voice um, for Peace. That's just a Soros-funded astroturf group that claims to be Jewish but is actually anti-Israel, anti-Jewish. Yeah. yeah. Is literally, like, as its leaders have admitted, exists entirely to drive a wedge between Jewish Americans and try to limit their ability to actually get anything yeah. done and advocate for their own country. Ah, so basically George Soros is doing what he did with the Nazis. You know? <laughs> well, isn't it Allegedly. hilarious? Yeah. Isn't yeah. it hilarious how they say yeah. every time that we criticize George Soros <laughs> that it's anti-Semitic? Yes. But yeah. he's the one furthering... Anti-Semitism. Yes. yes. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Ironic. <clears throat> Nazi <clears throat> collaborator. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a great piece up on that this week. You should yeah. all take a look. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. All Me- the money... 
where it came from, how many grants uh, George Soros and his companies have given to these groups like Jewish Voice for Peace and what their own leaders have said, again, about how they exist solely to drive a wedge uh, yeah. between Jewish Americans and Jewish voters to try to make it look like uh, Jewish Americans actually support the quote-unquote liberation of Palestine. Yeah. Yeah, so... Basically... Which yeah, Palestine was... Like, Gaza was liberated. Israel agreed to withdraw because that's what the government that was getting set up there wanted and then they elected Hamas and yes. now they use all their funding to kill innocent Israelis and none of it to yeah. serve their people. Well, and then, but you forget, they were elected in 06 and then they took it over by force through, yep. through Fatah party members off rooftops Yep, seized it and now there hasn't been an election since. Not that, not that the Palestinians and the democratic process was ever going to be a sustainable <laughs> pro, you know, no. uh, experiment but <laughs> listen, George Bush wanted it as we've the, learned, the, the Middle Clintons East, want, yeah. like the yeah. Middle East, doesn't work with democracy. As yeah, we've learned, I think yeah, we learned yeah, that. That's why Israel uh, is the only one. They're the only yeah. liberalized democracy in the Middle East. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's because they're Westernized and they're not oh, Muslims. Oh no, no, no! I mean, I, I, I've been told that it's an apartheid state. Right. That sure. you know, Arab Israelis can't vote. There's a separate bus system. That's right. And you know, just oh wait, no, that's none of that is true. That explains why I saw so many Muslims yeah. just living happy, and peaceful lives in Israel. That's why an Arab Israeli former Supreme, now retired Supreme Court justice threw Ayyud uh, Omer into prison for corruption charges, yeah. which it can't really happen with an apartheid state. No. Mm. no. Well, I think we've learned that, that this whole two-state solution is just not going to work. Um, no, no way. That's what Joe Biden today again called for the two-state solution. Yeah. I mean, if I were Israel, I'd say not a chance in hell yeah. after what they did. No. Um, and also, I've seen some stories, and you know, these kind of get glossed over because it's you know a lot of bigger stuff going on. But you know, they they would allow the Gazans, some of them, mm-hmm. essentially work permits to come into Israel. Yep. Work, you know, make money, make a living to support their families and all that. Mm-hmm. Those terrorists yeah. acted as spies yes, yep. and yep. provided the intelligence to the terrorists of who they should execute. Yep. And and rape and murder and behead. It shows you can't live with these people. And it goes back to my further point that I've been saying for years and years on this program. Islam and and just just all that in general is not compatible with Western civilization. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And there's never going to be, you know, a, re- a reformation or a Westernization of any of that because that's just not accepted. Mm-hmm. And Well, those people get their heads chopped off for being at right. states. Or right. honor killed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 No, it's insane. And on the two-state thing, what everybody in the mainstream media and all these Democrats miss is the fact that historically Israel supported a two-state solution. They were willing to give mm-hmm. to the Palestinians some 94% of the West Bank and 100% of Gaza – and the Palestinian leadership said, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. And that's because yep. they will never tolerate a two-state solution. Their whole government and existence is based on the elimination of Israel. Yeah. So they will never – they are and have always been a one-state solution group because right. they believe they're the only ones that have a claim to it. And every Jewish person ought to die, not just in Israel but around the world. Yep. And Israel offered a two-state solution – and they said no. Twice. So all this nonsense, meals. which is why for Joe Biden to continue saying we must not give up hope on a two-state solution is just dumb. Yeah. Because it's not what Hamas wants. It's not what the Palestinian Authority even wants. 
I mean, Mahmoud Abbas is like mm. going on a hundred years old. His dad lived to be like 106. So he's probably going to live a couple more years, but like he's barely got control of the West Bank right now. The Iranians are just yeah. waiting to see what happens because they want to make sure that they can install the next leader oh, of the Palestinian <laughs> Authority in the West yeah. Bank to ensure that they can turn the West Bank basically into Gaza Strip yeah. part two. It's, it's pretty much Hamas. Yeah, completely. And they've yeah. already been, Hamas terrorists have already been in the West Bank. Yeah. Uh, the Iranians and the Syrians have already been inserting people, terrorists, they groups were, and leaders yeah. into the West Bank from Syria coming down from the north through the Golan Heights. If, if, yeah, if Israel withdrew its security forces, Hamas would take over the West Bank in a day. Immediately. As Matt Duss, who's, who was a foreign policy advisor for the Bernie Sanders campaign, said mm-hmm. there's three things that Mohammed Abbas does, which is he smokes, he sleeps, and then he and then he says dumb things about the Holocaust. That's all. <laughs> that's all he has done for the past, no. like you know, since since you his, know, 2007. His doctoral <laughs> dissertation at a university in the Soviet Union at the time <laughs> yeah. was all about how yeah. Zionists and the Nazis work together yeah. to remove the Palestinians from their land. And in yeah. his dissertation and other writings, he said that Israel is irreparable and un- irredeemable. Yeah. And so he also doesn't believe that Israel has a right to exist. Yeah. He's just done a better job of tolerating Israel's existence and kind of pretending to tamp down the terrorists within the West Bank. Yeah. But he's quickly losing control, as we see, whether it's in uh, the yeah. sort of the refugee camps up in Janine and other places in sort of the northern chunks of the West Bank. Like, he is losing a grip very quickly. And again, without Israel's security forces, it would have already fallen right, right, and yeah. been Gaza Strip. Don't you notice it's also underreported how, like, none, no, Egypt, Jordan, none of these people want... These no, because they're, they're all terrorists. They're all terrorists. The Arab world does yeah. not actually care about yeah. people in and, Gaza. If and, they did, they would have gotten them out by now because yeah. they all have governments to do. Like, and look at Jordan. Jordan is supposedly like, oh, this friendly neighbor, you know, yeah. off to the east or whatever. But no, they also have erased all Israeli history, all Jewish history from their country. They don't do anything to take in refugees from yeah. the West Bank or well, the Gaza Strip. King Hussein had to go to war with them in 1970. Yes. And then there was an agreement between him, between Hussein and, and, and Nasser at the time. Mm-hmm. And then they moved into Lebanon, mm-hmm. yeah. which <laughs> devolved into a civil war. And then the PLO started to attack Israel from northern Lebanon, which led to the invasion of 82. Yep. <laughs> So, everywhere these people go, there's the other problems. Thing that nobody else is talking about when it comes to, like, the apartheid state, quote-unquote, and, you know, occupation and whatever, most of the Palestinian mandate land is now Jordan. Yeah. So, if anybody yep. needs to yeah. give up land and allow people to return to their supposed home, yeah. Jordan should have swung the gates wide open and said, everybody, come on in. This yeah. is your land. Yeah, but no, no, no one's giving that. up land. We no just gotta get rid of you know the old Gaza Strip. Just yeah. wipe it out. Stick. Make it a nice beachfront property. I have said <laughs> once Hamas has been eliminated, as uh, BB has declared the mission, the very righteous mission to be. Yeah. I will put down a deposit on oceanfront property in the former Gaza Strip yeah. because that is beautiful, beautiful property. It looks yeah. great, and if it's not managed by a bunch of terrorists. You know, I just ran yeah, through like 18 yeah. curses in my head before I <laughs> abandoned that. You held that one, yeah. yeah. Um, it well, is a perfect place to live. It looks great. Um, I, I, Put I'll some say casinos in there? There's a, the Atlantic City of Israel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now we're talking. Dude, right? Bring Donald Trump over. Yeah. Taj Mahal. Yeah. Trump Gaza. Fantastic, <laughs> luxurious beaches. Well, no, we'd rename it. It's not going to be called Gaza anymore. Well, it's going to be Israel now. Okay, fine. Trump Doral. <laughs> yeah. Trump Doral, Tel Aviv South. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the Trump Heights up in yeah. Trump for what he did to recognize the Golan Heights as Israeli land. Uh-huh. Trump so Arena Bibi coming back. is now going to liberate Gaza. So I think it needs to be some sort of like Netanyahu yeah. coast yeah. or yeah. The, the Bibi coast. Yeah. Well, I, I I would buy it in the I BB Coast. Buy, that sounds amazing. Do you, 
I think the interesting thing Omar that Moshe that Dayan, right? everyone <laughs> seems to be glossing over in the Western media is that the the language coming out of Israel's you know military cabinet and Netanyahu and all that they're not planning on you know returning to a two state solution. No, they say the paradigm has completely changed, and they are going to change the trajectory of this entire situation, and there's no going back, right? And so, yeah, it's taking them a while to prepare this ground offensive at the urging of the United States to delay for a number of reasons. Um, one of them being the hostage situation, which obviously is not great. But, uh, you know, I, I don't really see much of a solution coming to that. We're going to talk in a minute about how they released a few hostages, but there's still a couple hundred unaccounted yeah. for. Yeah. Um, but now we find out that the other reason is that the U.S. has been scrambling to deploy uh, a very advanced anti-ballistic missile system known as mm-hmm. the THAAD, yeah. Terminal High Altitude Area Defense, Total THAAD. which is essentially the ballistic, you know, ballistic missile defense that we use here in the United States. Yeah. Um, and so we've deployed several of those batteries along with quite a good chunk of Patriot uh, yeah. missile defense batteries over there. Because one plus the region, one the U.S. bases and personnel in Iraq and in Syria, I believe, have already been attacked by Tehran-backed militias, and you know it's all one big circle of terrorism over there. But you know it's Palestinian Islamic Jihad and you know Muslim Brotherhood and this and that. I'm like you know they're all one big group of terrorists. It's like eighteen different, technically eighteen, might even be more, but like more than a dozen groups that. All get their money and support and weapons and everything from Iran. It exactly. just depends on yeah. how easily Iran... Like, that's why Hezbollah is so much more well-armed than Hamas, is because it's really hard to get stuff into the Gaza Strip. Compared because to of, yeah. shipping stuff from, Lebanon. from yeah. across Syria into Lebanon mm-hmm. is easy. Yep. That's why they have so much armament. Yeah, and so we're putting these uh, these THAAD systems in. We have essentially three carrier strikers. We've got two in the Mediterranean, one apparently heading, heading to the other side, down by, I think, by Saudi Arabia, right? Um, so, but it's because the Houthis have been sending from Yemen, attacking <laughs> yeah. Israel. We which shot them down. Saudi Arabia also shot down something from yeah. the Houthis, which was yeah. like, is actually a very significant geopolitical thing. Like, it yep. makes sense just that they would not want stuff flying over their heads. But the fact that they would take down something from an Iranian-backed militia yep. headed for Israel is like, that's a big deal. Yeah. Basically, all of this to say, we expect a much wider major regional war to kick off once the invasion of Gaza begins. And the White House is on the record anonymously scared poopless about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because Joe Biden was supposedly, and you know, he was so proud of ending the war in Afghanistan, which was a disaster Mm -hmm. of an ending. But he was, you know, supposedly the one that got us out of the Middle East so we could refocus on strategic competition with China. And instead, his weakness and everything else towards Iran, towards every, basically weakness towards anyone with a, who hates us caused now what may be one of the larger wars in the Middle East in two or three presidents. And it also puts at risk uh, our estimated 600,000 U.S. citizens in the Middle East. Well, he's great at airlifts, you know. That's right, never and gone so before. apparently yeah. they're staging for a potential mass evacuation of multiple countries yeah. of U.S. personnel in the Middle East. Which is going to be a disaster <laughs> yeah. on so many different fronts. I mean, there's 86,000 Americans in Lebanon alone. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And that, I mean, and I mean, like my God. Once, and especially like rockets flying is one thing. Like that already shut down all U.S. carrier flights into Tel Aviv. But when you have rockets flying, you have Israeli counterstrikes flying. You have potential ballistic missiles that, with the Thad, we apparently expect to be coming. Yep. Like, flights are not going to be an option. Mm-hmm. And so, unless the U.S. military is willing to do an airlift, which U.S. military, I have full faith in. Joe Biden and Not the Pentagon so leadership, I don't trust to do that well. I just don't know we have the capacity to move that many people, you know? It's not like, going to be good. Yeah. And because we're going to have to be running combat missions off these carriers. We can't be running civilian evacuations no. as well. Well, maybe the French can help. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're sending some ships. Yeah. We all know how great <laughs> Europe is at defending itself. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> how many times now? Has not gone uh, Yeah. Um, <laughs> But we've been we've been attacked. U.S. troops and, and U.S. personnel have been targeted ten times in Iraq and three times in Syria since October seventeenth. So there was just over one. I don't a week. Where it's been, it's up to fourteen now attacks. Okay. There we go. Which we did not find out about for like a week. Yeah. Yeah. Which they're yeah. hiding. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's up to like what thirty U.S. troops now were injured. No yeah. one. No one was killed. Thank God. But I believe one U.S. contractor. Died of a heart attack trying to take. He cover. did have a heart attack. Um, yeah, yeah. But so, not yeah, a direct yeah. death technically. Yeah. But I, the reason that they're hiding it is because they're trying to calm things down, and they yeah. know if people know that U.S. forces are under attack from again, it's like these Iranian-made. It's very Benghazi. Yes, it's it like yeah. we just can't tell people what's video. going on. Yeah, I'm sure that's what did it. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Um, so yeah, obviously we've talked about the threat from Hezbollah in the north in Lebanon, which is. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah because they can bad. do a lot more damage. And yes. interestingly enough, a lot of people in Israel expected what we saw on October 7th coming out of Gaza to actually be coming from Hezbollah from the north. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they've seen an uptick in the number of tunnels that Hezbollah has been trying to build. Ironically, one of them, they built basically the equivalent of a Lebanese Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then built the tunnel from that under the border with Israel yeah. into Israel. Yeah. Uh, and they did that because then they thought nobody would notice all the construction equipment and like shovels and stuff going in and out of the building because it's a, like a Home Depot store. Yeah. Um, but so there's still like that is still a huge threat. And I believe Hezbollah has claimed credit or Israel has said that Hezbollah has killed like a handful of IDF soldiers. Mm-hmm. But IDF counterstrikes have taken out a lot more Hezbollah leaders and just yes. the people who are launching stuff. But that's a huge problem. And it's also way easier, again, for them to resupply from the Iranians because they have easy access. So there's a chance then that Israel would start taking action in Syria to intercept shipments. They've already done that for years. They have sort of a wink agreement with the Russians whenever they're going to Syria to take out Iranian weapons and things going across Syria to get to Lebanon. Well, Matt, you reported on what Netanyahu said about Hezbollah. Basically, he... He threatened to annihilate them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That if you get and involved, Lebanon essentially yeah, yeah. too. If, if you get involved, we will basically have a we will do to you what we're doing to Gaza. You. Yeah, and yeah. Destroying you that that will that will be like long lasting and, and generational change. Mm-hmm. But which is yeah a tragedy. I mean, Lebanon is already a failed state basically. Yes. Yeah, like they still have a government. But well, what were you telling me about how? They have, like, this rule that they wouldn't, you know... So, the, <laughs> the prime minister has to be a Muslim and the president has to be a Christian. Yeah, there and they said go. they would never force yeah. it into being a full yeah. Muslim government. It's but, 50-50. But the difference is yeah. they have just been importing more Muslims. Yeah. And so the elections will shift and they'll be like, yeah. well, the people want it. We're yeah. not forcing it. It's what the people want. Yeah, yeah. That's um, what kept the peace after the Civil War. Yeah. But mm. it's always been shaky and... Yeah, it's just... I'd get the f- 
fuck out of there if I was uh, <laughs> I mean, any Israel, American I mean, or Christian. Ver- I mean, this is the first time Israel's fought a two-front war since 73. Yeah. yeah. So, and let me tell you. It Which did, this all started it, on the 50-year anniversary. 50-year anniversary. Yeah, yeah. And let me tell you, for people who don't rehash your history lesson, it did not go well for Israel in, in Yom Kippur, the first, the first few months yeah. of the war. They had to basically they, they couldn't fight a two front war. They had to f- focus on the Syrians who t- who had taken over the Golan first, push them the f- out, and then yep. direct their attention to Egypt. Because well, remember point, they they controlled the Sinai, so they had miles and miles of desert yeah. between Egypt and the border. So at one point they were so at risk of being overrun, yeah, that they were potentially going to use nukes. Yeah, which is like the worst kept secret. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they always say, no, no, no. Well, we, we don't have those, do, but we will yeah, use them if we yeah, have to. It's yeah. always like the, well, Israel has all, any means to defend itself. So you have nuclear weapons? Like I said, yeah, it's yeah. any means to defend itself. <laughs> yeah. I'm, interestingly, most of the Golan Heights, like if you if you drive up into the Golan Heights from yeah. like Tel Aviv, yeah. you take this road where on both sides are still the fields where these battles played out against yeah. the Syrians that are Valley still filled with landmines. Yeah. So... Not clearing those may end up being an advantage because Israel doesn't have to go remine anything because it's already set. I don't know how long those stay uh, active for. But yeah, it's one of those things where you really don't want to go off the road and into the ditch because you will (laughs) blow yourself to bits. So apparently, and I I was just reading this on Twitter. I don't know if this is 100% facts. You tell me. Grandpa Uh, got You know how I do it. Uh, Netanyahu said essentially that the date is set. Yes. He did say that. He did say that, yeah. Uh, And... You know, sometimes the translation is not always, you know. They didn't announce what the date is, yeah. which, you know, smart. Yeah. Um, but there was there was someone that was posted this morning, I forget who it is, but usually has very good intel on this stuff. And they said basically the Israelis and the IDF are essentially trying to siege and wait out Hamas because if the fuel runs out, which is why they don't want to refuel Gaza, when the fuel runs out, they can't run their generators, which runs mm-hmm. the ventilation on the tunnels. Yep. And once the air runs out in the tunnels, they have a choice of either suffocate or surface. And once they surface, then the IDF can yeah. basically just come in and wipe them all out, which is going to be very bloody and, and yeah. Ter- yeah. you know horrific. But it has to be done at this yeah. point. It's the same um, strategy. They got about a million on the groundhogs yeah. in my yard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have about a million liters of of fuel. Well, and none of which, of course, is going, going to, to the people, yeah. to the hospitals, yeah. to run yeah. generators, yeah. to the desalination plants, yeah. to make water. Yeah. It's all being used to run the tunnels. I'll tell you what, if I was running Israel, rockets. I'd bomb those yeah, fuel depots right away. <laughs> um, also, for all the no internet, there's a lot of social media activity <laughs> among the, the terrorists and the people who supposedly are suffering from no water and yeah. awful conditions in Gaza. Well, they gave the hostages tampons, don't forget. So yeah, according so to CNN, yeah, it's, like the, it's like the Ritz-Carlton. The stunning right preparations that they undertook yeah. to make sure that they had antibiotics. Yeah. And all this you know, stuff. the hospitals, that what the IDF strike that killed 500, well, it was actually like a Hamas or yeah. whatever, Palestine Jihad, whatever, rocket. Misfire that actually only killed what fifty people, yeah. twenty people. Yeah. Then nobody really knows. Yeah. Didn't actually hit the hospital either. Just crashed into the parking lot next to it. So, it's it's all it's all. You there know, are bodies all over the floor because Hamas told us that bodies were all over the floor, and therefore yeah. everyone ran. Well, with that's that. what the New York Times. Yeah. To Joe Biden's credit, today he was asked about the death toll numbers being reported by the uh-huh. Gaza Health Ministry, and Joe Biden was like, "Don't believe it." Yeah. So, like for once, he actually said the right thing, which is again. Anything coming out from the government or the health minister in the Gaza Strip is literally Hamas because yeah. Hamas is the government. Yep. They just happen to be a government solely focused on terrorism and not actually governing or providing basic yeah. services for its people. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I, I definitely it's total bull. 
on the numbers. <laughs> I was looking at a live shot today of Gaza. There's an awful lot of buildings still standing. You know, me, I have already turned this into a parking lot. Yeah. Um, I get that they don't want to bomb the tunnels because that's where the hostages are. But, mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, you know, it's it's been almost three weeks. I think a lot of them are dead. I think a lot of them are dead, too. I think that the ones that they're releasing now are just, you know, propaganda, essentially, yeah. to try to, you know, maybe hold things off a little bit longer. Um, I think they're I trying to make it look like they're operating towards some sort of negotiation to yeah. try because that's all it takes for the Biden administration to see that and then call Netanyahu and be like, hey, 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 yeah. hold, hold off, hold yep. off. Don't, don't exactly. go in yet. They're releasing people. Not, and so the longer answers, yeah. the longer they wait, the more booby traps get set up. Yes. You know, the more planning Hamas gets to do for how they're going to attack the troops once they enter the Strip. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when it comes to tactical efforts on both sides obviously the idf had to mobilize and stage and all that stuff but they're ready oh yeah they're ready to roll and i I think it's going to happen this weekend i actually think i was reading the the third carrier strike group's going to be in position later today into tomorrow uh and that's going to be on the flip side on the Saudi Arabia side. Mm-hmm. I don't know what ocean it is down there. they got a lot of oceans over there. <laughs> um, but they're going to be on the other side. They're going to be in position. And then you can open up a map good. The uh, and then I feel like it's more of a gulf than a sea, but I'll, I'll get back to you. I think it might be the Indian Ocean. I'm checking now. Persian Gulf? No, not in that far. Gulf of Oman. Mm, I think right there. Gulf of Aden? What is that? The Arabian Sea. There you go. Much like Arabian Nights. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in there for sure. <laughs> I don't think they'll let us go that far. I mean, you don't want to get trapped between also, Yemen Mecca's and Djibouti. Right there. Also, Mecca's right there, so if we have to get rid of that, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll go full George yeah. W. Bush or Dick Cheney. <laughs> Dick Cheney. You know, or or uh, what's it, James Wood's character yeah. in White House Down, yes. targeting, targeting all the Middle East. All the Middle East. <laughs> um, you know, so, so that's going to be in position. Also, the 28th of October is the full moon, which tactically is an advantage if you're going to roll in at night. Yeah. Um, it's also an advantage, though, because it lights up. Like, so there are a lot of risks, obviously, to a ground invasion of Gaza. Like you just pointed out, they've yeah. had all this time to set booby traps and establish where, like, the high ground is, where the choke points are, yep. where the IDF will have to go through, things like that, figuring out all the sniper nests, reinforcing those, doing that kind of stuff. But also, just because it's a full moon, yes, Israel can see better, but that also means so the snipers they, yeah. can yeah. see. Yeah. And so yep. it's, you have, as the United States learned many times over in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, Urban warfare is brutal, especially when you are not the insurgents, yeah. because you end up with just, I mean, it's like easy picking, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, the whole movie, like American Sniper, yeah. the whole is movie. about how you need counter snipers and all these yeah. things that it's going to be hard slowly, for Israel to establish in yeah. there. Slow, methodical. And Hamas probably has 40,000 fighters yes. yeah. ready to... And not for nothing, yeah. Israel has been training for a long time for urban warfare like obviously a lot of their wars have been fought in the deserts and things like that where it's a totally different ball game but i went to one of the urban fighting like training camps where the idf goes and it's just basically a mini strip of gaza not the full gaza strip but just a chunk of like gaza in a field and they just go in there and they practice clearing houses they practice eliminating high ground and all these things 
So it's it's something that they have prepared for before this. Yeah, it's just, definitely. I mean, it's going to... still the, tough. The world needs to brace themselves, and Israel needs to brace itself for the fact that there's going to be heavy losses. Yeah. Well, I was reading that the IDF was setting years. up field hospitals with thousands of beds right near where, you know, they're going to stage. Yeah. Um, so they're clearly expecting major casualties. Um, it's going to take a very long time. It's not going to be a quick uh, no. type of operation, no. uh, especially with the probability of it setting off a longer regional, regional war. war. You know, you're going to have definitely Hezbollah, Lebanon chiming in. Syria has been like, you know, doing its own kind of thing over there. Israel has bombed some Syrian airfields already. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously have Iraq and all that mess over there. Iran on the other side. Uh, Jordan seems to be kind of like... Uh, the in-between of all this, not really wanting to, like, you know, f- around and find out. Um, but their queen recently... Just, well, she's um, a Palestinian. Was yeah. an absolute lunatic today. Yeah. That, you, do you have what she said? It was something outrageous. What's her name? Queen Rania? Katie, Katie tweeted it. Yeah. Yeah. She was basically like, oh, the poor Palestinians, and they're not all Hamas, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, actually, they kind of are, but... <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. She was talking. Yeah, she was absolutely insane. Katie tweeted about this about how it was an absolutely disgraceful display from Queen Rania, in which she, who takes full advantage of freedoms afforded to Western women while living in luxury, ruling an Arab country, issues a screed devoid of facts and full of smears. The Queen called Israel an apartheid state, conveniently ignoring that Arab Israelis have full rights as citizens, including to vote, while denying their babies were slaughtered, saying dead babies weren't quote independently verified, but they were. She laments a separation wall as a violation of supposed international law, while failing to mention that it was put up after countless suicide bombings of nightclubs, buses, and restaurants by Palestinians in Israel. She justifies the horror of October 7th through quote context and calls focus on Hamas a, quote, fixation, all while issuing frustration over the use of the word terrorist to describe Palestinians who commit violence. There was zero condemnation for Hamas killing their own people and holding them hostage in Gaza, which she bizarrely calls occupied by Israel, even though the Israelis left in 2005. She and her husband, who's the king, are still refusing to take refugees, who she claims to deeply care about, into their own country. Grotesque. Yeah, I mean, it's true. It's... I mean, None Abdullah, of these... I mean, Abdullah knows if he if he if he brings these people in, he's gonna he's gonna destabilize his government. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, like they they almost they tried to kill his father. Okay, Jordan yeah. has been yeah, like kind of just a simmering yeah situation. I mean, where it's, it's been called the, the the true Palestinian state. Correct. Nobody there, wants there are more Palestinians so like, in Jordan than there are Arabs. Nobody yes. wants so this. If you mess. brought in some militant militant <laughs> yeah. Palestinians to Jordan and they start yeah. whipping up their friends. Yeah. yeah, that king is gone. Yeah, yeah nobody wants Done. this mess. Nobody needs another Arab Spring. That's how he feels it's about it. It's like uh, when you it's secure, the same reason when you secure your border, your country's secure. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's the same odd. reason Egypt doesn't want any of these people. They got rid of the Muslim oh Brotherhood, and they don't want to deal with another uprising yeah. and all right. this nonsense. Yeah, hundred percent. There's, a, I mean, the the reason the Gaza Strip is there is because after the last war, yeah. nobody like Israel was like, okay, off you go back to Egypt, and Egypt yeah. was like, no, 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 border no. is closed. <laughs> and so yeah. that's how they all got stuck in the Gaza yeah. Strip. Well, and, and now they're uh, bringing in all this aid, this, quote, humanitarian aid. Oh, the, the 20 trucks um, worth? Yeah. They're not they're inspecting the trucks. And the trucks that are also, again, anything you send to Gaza is going to end up in Hamas' hands. Right. And but, it's going to be used by the terrorists. But they're not looking at the trucks. The trucks can have all kinds of weapons and shit in them. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand how this is happening here. We're paying for it. We sent $100 million, these Palestinian terrorists, which is a disgrace, yeah. a total disgrace 
that that's happening. Um, might as well give him pallets of cash and francs and gold the way the bomb did. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Senator Marshall Blackburn put out a great fact sheet today on how Hamas is benefiting from taxpayer-funded aid to Gaza, supposedly mm-hmm. to the Gazans, but actually to Hamas. And it reminds that last week Hamas stole 24,000 liters of fuel and a bunch of medical supplies meant for refugees from the UN's uh, office there. Uh, IDF has already discovered that UNICEF first aid kits were being used by the jihadists during their terrorist attack. Um, and the even the UN agency that's one of, as the White House has explained, the United States trusted partners for making sure that this aid doesn't end up in Hamas hands is literally a pro-Hamas organization. And the people that work for the UN office there are Hamas as well. It checks so out. So our trusted partner is Joe Biden is sending taxpayer-funded aid to Hamas and trusting Hamas employees of the UN's office there to say it's all good. Mm-hmm. And that's just, like, it's literally unbelievable, but it's Joe well, that's Biden, like so when, of course yeah, it's believable. It's like when uh, the Hamas offices were in the Associated Press offices. Yes. Oh, yeah. And they I warned everyone to get out. And so then, of course, the AP, which... Wind about it. The AP's yeah. offices in the Gaza Strip are also staffed by Hamas, like, stringers. The people who are reporting for AP are Hamas. Yeah. And uh, there's a, a guy who used to work for the AP in Israel. His name is uh, Mahdi Friedman. And he talks about how he would get copy from the, the Gaza City Bureau to run on the AP site because the internet wasn't reliable enough in Gaza. Yeah. And he would get the copy and there would be notes in it saying, you cannot say yeah. that we know that Hamas is counting Hamas fighters as civilian casualties because if they did that, then Hamas would kidnap the AP reporter in Gaza City and probably yeah. kill him, chop his head off on national or on TV and whatever else. So AP is fine censoring their coverage to please Hamas. Yeah. And we're just supposed to be okay with that, even though half of the newsrooms around the world use AP Wire stories yeah. that are, again, basically edited not by us. Hamas. Not we us. do not. Yeah. Not us. And then the New York Times hired a pro We used Hitler, to. I canceled that. The New York Times hired a pro-Hitler uh, freelancer to cover Gaza. Oh, that's yes. true. I don't yeah. even have that on this yeah. list. Yeah. yeah, the guy loves Hitler. The guy loves Hitler. Yeah. And then they addressed to, they, they, the Times says, well, we have addressed, we've addressed those problematic posts with him. And oh, he, yeah. he promises to abide by the submission guidelines. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. sorry. Great. No, Let's send Nazis to cover the Israel-Hamas well, war. AP yeah. changed its style guide and said you can't call Hamas terrorists. Really? Yeah. Did they really? Yeah. Militants? I, I, Even you, that's sanitating. Yeah. Sanitizing the... Hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, it's a total disaster. I mean, well, AP you know, has been new... woke forever. Like, yeah, they were been. leading oh, the charge. Yeah. They were like, you can't use the word... Illegals. You Pro, can't use that pro-life when discussing abortion. You mm-hmm. can't say anything about a baby. It's yeah. just a fetus mm-hmm. or whatever. And now it's like, oh, Hamas aren't terrorists. They're a legitimate government <laughs> fighting against apartheid. Or some yeah. absolute lunacy there. Yeah, because you know, raping women and girls to the point where their pelvises break is uh, you know justified resistance, right? Well, according well, to students at George Washington University, yes. just across the river. Yeah, I saw that so. last night. Great segue. So that's Thank actually you. what I wanted to talk about yeah. next. It's almost like you knew where it was coming. It's amazing. Um, you know, the, these sayings, right, uh, from the river to the sea, um, you know. Palestine will be free. Right. Durka, which, durka, durka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is. It is literally a call for the state of Israel to be eliminated. Yeah. Genocide. And it's all genocide. of its people, including, which nobody seems to understand, because supposedly genocide and apartheid, includes a bunch of Muslims, yep. Arab Israelis, yep. who live there. And they were calling for glory to our martyrs, quote unquote, which is, again, glorifying the people who raped 
women of all ages until their pelvises were broken, yeah. beheaded children and babies, set them on burned fire. entire families alive in their houses, yeah. went door to door and all the kibbutzim around Israel just slaughtering 1,300 plus people. Glory, you, glory to them yeah, from glory these students at this elite institution yeah. in the United States Capitol. You also forgot about how they tied them up took body parts off of kids, ripped out their eyes, yep. and then shot them so many times in the head that they were unrecognizable. Yep. So Glory to them, according to GW's enlightened students, yeah. who ought to be unemployable anywhere in the world and should really have to change their name. Oh, but Spencer, that's violence against them. Yeah. You, you can't do that. Katie had a great idea. <laughs> Katie was on Gutfeld last night, and she had a great idea that all these people should be given um, internships with Hamas and uh, stipends to travel to the Gaza Strip. So that way they can provide appropriate memorials for these martyrs. Yeah. I will say for all the females That's what I was who thinking. support that <laughs> cause, uh, if they if this ever happened, they would all be all of them would be stoned within two months. Yes. Oh, I most love... students on GW's campus would immediately be murdered by Hamas if yeah. Hamas ever actually. You're showing them too much ankle in the wild. Yeah. Not just that, because they yeah. are not Muslim. If they yeah. are Muslim, they're yeah. probably not that adherent. I'm yeah, sure there yeah. are some at GW who are who would be safe. But these terrorists... Oh, I saw a Muslim out on the street today. Oh, boy. She had the full head covering on, and she was, like, dropping F-bombs, had a filthy mouth. I'm like, oh, over there, you would have been finished. (laughs) You would have been finished. Yeah. Yeah. And and back to your point, they're like, you know, the, the... I love seeing the queers for Palestine. Yeah, oh my god, those are my the personal favorites. The, the trans marches. ones, yeah, those are because well, those people get beaten up at the at those things too. You see oh, that? I saw that video. They, yeah, they had one, and yeah. then they chased the chased the. I don't yeah. know if it, it. They chased that person down and beat the them. Yeah, Zem. 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 Zay. They beat Zay up. <laughs> well, I, I think I tweeted last week. I was like, oh, good thing there's not too many tall buildings left in Gaza. Yeah, because <laughs> if they, you went over there, they'd throw you off the roof. Yeah. Um. You know, it's crazy to me. That's like saying, I think I made the joke last week to you, Matt. I yeah. was like, that's like a bunch of cockroaches getting together and saying, We love raid. We love raid. Yeah. Or yeah. blacks of the KKK, as yeah. James Kerchick said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it, it makes no sense. And then what makes that even worse is you have things like what happened at GW last yeah. night, which GW released a statement today where they forgot to condemn anti Semitism yeah, and yeah. the call for the eradication of the state of Israel and the death of all Jews. They yeah. forgot to condemn that. They just said this was a violation of our policy and we told them to not do it. Mm-hmm. And our community oh has God. support resources. Not nothing about we stand with our Jewish students and stu- like I'm sure there are students from Israel studying at GW right now who are like Great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do we do now? But they forgot to condemn it. But so while that's all going on, plus you have all these statements that we've covered from other supposedly enlightened people at higher education institutions, all these marches, there's Hamas flags waving around in parades in Minnesota, there's people dressed up as Hamas at marches in Times Square, all this stuff is going on. And when the White House is asked about it, Karine Jean-Pierre says that, oh, no, it's Islamophobia that we have to worry about because Muslim Americans have faced disproportionate mm. harm as a result of this. Are you kidding me mm-hmm. God. and then because that atrocious answer that is literally inexplicable and unforgivable she said oh i misheard the question oh yeah, well, clean okay. your yeah. ears out you're the yeah. press secretary for the president of the united states and if you're going to say something you better know what you're answering how many times is she just kind of floating around up there with her binder trying to find yeah. a brain cell to rub together an answer in her binder book kareen gray poupon that's the goal. she is the worst and again it's like how absurd do you have to be while all of this anti-Semitism is happening that when you are asked, is the president concerned about the rise in anti-Semitism, you turn it into, we're worried about Islamophobia and how Muslims have been disproportionately mm. affected by this? Yeah. When did, uh, when did... Spare me. Oh, I know. When did yeah. Joe Biden come back from Israel last week? 
too soon. Well, yeah. I forget what day it was. I don't know if we talked it about Thursday. it on here. He was only there for a day. Yeah, I don't know if we talked about it on here. So on the plane back, the whole oh my the whole God. interaction. Oh, the, oh, the, oh, oh learn how to shoot straight. Yeah, yeah yes, learn yeah. how to shoot straight. So like, would he have preferred the rocket to land in Israel? So right. it was aimed yeah. for Haifa. Yeah, would he have preferred Haifa get taken out instead yeah. of a parking lot in Gaza? The images of Kirby and um, Blinken. And looking, looking at each other, staring around. Yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, them looking at each other, like, what the f- is he yeah, doing? Yeah. Get him out of here! Kareem Grapefruit tries to get him out of there multiple times. He says no. Uh, oh, also, his he chin looks like a ball sack. He did uh, have chin balls. Yeah, it's it's a real thing. I don't understand what happened, but apparently, his chin it had a big old nutsack hanging from the bottom of it. It was well, unbelievable. The, yeah. He was also wearing this like old man quarter zip that was fully zipped up and it looked he like he probably has a hard time regulating his body temperature at this yeah. age yeah well i was surprised he even was up on the plane at that point <laughs> the I, body double i hear that he sleeps a lot on the plane yeah, he does. Um, he asked if he's old but <laughs> That's what old people it, do. <laughs> this whole thing's been a disaster and the i'd say our chances of surviving world war three at this point are pretty low Oh, it's not great. I was just talking with somebody uh, a few weeks ago, um, and you noticed this too when we watched his statement the day after the attack, when he said that he essentially slipped and said that he had not been woken up that night. Oh yeah, Do no, he admit, yeah, because the invasion yeah. started at like eleven thirty yeah. p.m. Eastern time, yep. maybe a little bit before then was when all the rocket alerts started going off, and then we realized it was paragliders and a full invasion Mm -hmm. yeah and he said (laughs) the next day when he finally spoke about it that when he started around i think it was it was either 7 30 or 8 or 8 30 or 9 a.m they were showing me pictures and stuff and Uh i'm like wait you were not woken up last night when a ground invasion was beginning into israel and it was becoming the deadliest day for jews since the holocaust right and you didn't find out about it until you woke up at your normal time and they were like hey joe just so you know Overnight, there was an invasion. War broke out yeah. in the Middle East, and you had no idea it was happening. Yeah, yep. Explains how that uh, U.S. embassy statement lingered for hours. Yes. Like, oh my God. It's it's it took, well, and that's the other it took thing. The both sides argument. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing too that we haven't necessarily touched on is talking about all this stuff is like other countries in the Middle East. We talked about how they might have to do like this massive airlift situation, but like there have already been demonstrations and the State Department has already issued for the embassies, like diplomatic staff, yeah, telling some of them to yeah. leave already. And so you're setting up more situations like we had at the embassy in Kabul, yeah. where Joe Biden was like, you will not see helicopters lifting people from a roof. And then that's exactly what exactly we saw. What but the problem is instead of just one embassy in one city in Afghanistan, it's gonna be Baghdad. simultaneous. Yeah multiple embassies yeah. yep. and i i don't know i mean it, like or f- i mean was it beirut or baghdad where they they actually they they threw incendiary devices over the fence yes it was uh, beirut it was yeah. beirut yeah. yeah yeah i mean we're definitely not in a good situation here and nobody's no. confident in joe biden's ability to lead the country as commander-in-chief um a bunch uh, of anti-Semites dominating college campuses. I mean, yeah. as, as college you know campuses, what, listen, universities. Here's yeah. the thing, though. The I, reason all of this media coverage has been so bad and the reason everybody just takes Hamas disinformation straight from... Gobbles it down. Yeah, it's and reports honest. it is because this is like... When I worked at Yaf, we were always like, guys, college campuses are not a bubble and people don't suddenly become conservative once they have a job and they're paying taxes because most of them are still getting their 
all their bills paid yeah, for and they're yep. bailed out for student loans and everything else. But that was never going to happen. These people are now the ones in newsrooms making decisions and it's these people who were all taught the same intersectionality yep. BS about matrices of oppression and oppressors versus yeah. the oppressed and everything else. They view the entire world through this and so they've been fed the same information from all the it's, students uh, for justice in Palestine groups yeah. on campus. They know BDS. They, you know, ban Sabra Hummus from their school cafeteria because yep. they're so brave. And now they're the ones that are making coverage decisions and they've forced out all the people who have a brain. Well, that's why sense. Barry Weiss left the New York yes, Times. Exactly. I mean, all these people who know a thing or two have been forced out or fired because they dared to run an op-ed by Tom Cotton once. Yeah. And so now all you're left is with the former inmates running the asylum of college campuses are now running the asylums of newsrooms yeah. and the White House. And we, for crying out loud, we have an Iranian basically asset in the Pentagon yeah. working as the chief of staff for the guy overseeing all special operations for D the U.S. military. DHS is hiring a former former PLO spokesperson yes. to handle asylum claims. Literally, the jihad is coming from inside the house, yeah. and nobody seems to care that everything is about to get so much worse. <laughs> you know, well, so that's yeah. a good well, that's a good segue. Yeah. So into the illegal immigration issue mm. that we have here, because yeah, you've been writing a lot about this, and are you know we're we're both very concerned. All three of us are very concerned about the jihadis that are already in the country. Uh, the jihadis that continue to come over the border at, at the southern border, the ones that we catch, let alone the ones that we don't catch. Right, we have the um, ones that are apprehended, then we have the known gotaways, and then we have the unknown everyone else. I think Bill Malugin tweeted recently that it was something like, just within the past few weeks, it's been thousands of individuals from these terrorist risk countries. Countries of concern, yeah. Yeah, the, basically the air quote Muslim ban, the Trump Muslim ban, yeah. which I'd kill for nowadays. <laughs> Um, you know, maybe that wasn't such a bad idea, you think. It wasn't uh, a bad idea. It, it was, was a great idea. Ban. It no, was I a know. ban on people from yeah. countries yeah. where terrorists run the country, yep. and therefore you have yeah. no assurances that those Which people are not terrorists. Which you can also say was a, was a continuation of an Obama-era policy. Yes. But oh, yeah, of course. But it's no, 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 The kids in the cages, the wall, you know, all of it. All of it was Obama. Trump just did it better and actually peace. The mean tweets, yeah. I guess, were just I'm too just going to enforce people. it. That's what I'm going <laughs> to... Can, can you imagine if Donald Trump were president when this all happened in Israel? He would have Soleimanied, like, half of the Iranian government. Would have, they yeah. would all be yeah. dead. But well, like, you know, I mean, the, argue, again. the argument can be at least debated about if it would have happened at all. Right. Um, you know... Because maximum pressure still would have been going on. Correct. Which crushed Iran so much so that all of its terrorist proxies, including Hezbollah were running around the Arab world literally hat in hand asking people for spare change because Iran had to cut all of its funding. Money yep. for the missiles. For, yes. The like, sanctions on the oil, the sanctions worked. on the missiles, yeah. you know, crushing their nuclear program. Yes. which um, was amazing that it could even do that because under the Obama era, JCPOA, the Iran nuke deal, they went from single-digit percent enrichment to 60% roughly enrichment under the JCPOA. Yep. My whole column on Thursday is about this. Check it out. But it's like... This appeasement does not work. It has never worked in history, and it will not work with Iranians mm -hmm. and all of their terrorist groups because all it does is allow them to keep funding all these terrorists. Yeah. And again, I think you're right that Hamas would have had a much harder call to make whether or not they were going to launch this mm -hmm. if they didn't think that Iran had their back and would be able to continue supporting them and fund them and back them up through the other, whether it's the Houthis or Hezbollah or PIJ or whoever it yeah. is. Well, let's not forget that the, the main planning and execution of this attack began apparently in mid-August 
around the exact same time, we agreed to give them $6 billion in exchange for but the... But money the, is no longer fungible, according to everyone in the Biden administration. Oh, yeah. That $6 yeah. billion dollars is untouchable and will never be used for anything but Band-Aids. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer John Kerry's reaction years ago. <laughs> well, they're not supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they <laughs> told them not and to. And that was yeah. the exact anyone. reaction that we got from Kareem Gripapon when she was asked about... The money we gave to uh, Hamas or Palestinians yes. or whatever you want to call it, for humanitarian yeah. aid. Oh, well, what assurances are that they won't use that for terrorism? John Kirby said, well, you know, we just hope there's an understanding. Yeah, an understanding between the yeah. terrorists. That's, the, yeah. the world's you can always largest, trust a terrorist. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, and also the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism <laughs> is not going to use that money for terrorism. Like. Mm-hmm. This yeah. this like, see no evil like infection <laughs> is, has spread faster than COVID among true. the left, and they it's just now it's all about you know it's all couched in political speak about you know stop you know it's no no it's about human rights Palestinian the rights. fact that you can't get them to admit that when you have X dollars yeah <laughs> and then you have X dollars to fund your government and do whatever terrorism you want to do yeah and that X plus six billion dollars does not mean that now you have $6 billion to play with doing whatever you want. And they're like, no, no, no. It's monitored. It's, a, it's, in, a, it's in a Qatari bank account. We're keeping yeah. an eye on it. Qatar, of course, is yeah. where Hamas's leader lives. Exactly. Very comfortably and yes. safely, who should have been Soleimani by now again. And I think if Trump were president, we would have taken out whatever hotel he's living in. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. But I, back to the initial point of this, which is the Homeland Security ramification yes. of this. Like, a lot of people are watching this, obviously, in horror, but thinking, like, well, it would be terrible to live in Israel right now. But yeah. here in the United States, we don't know what's going on. And yeah. so you had the uh, San Diego field office for uh, Customs and Border Protection send out this bulletin to law enforcement in the area saying, hey, maybe you just keep an eye out for military-aged males wearing Hamas patches because you might run into them along mm-hmm. the border as they sneak in. And... Obviously, that's a concern because, again, we've already had people whose names match those in U.S. terror databases, whether they're actual terrorists or just like their family is or somebody's funded it. But we know that these people have already been coming in, including, wasn't it like ISIS type people that we misplaced, we released, and we were like, we need to get them back, and they were already gone? Yeah. So, of course... And we are worried about this. And we mentioned this last week. That this this is on the border now. What about the ninety-seven thousand we decided to just plop in here unvetted? Yeah. When Kabul fell. Wow. Not to mention all the people who have been resettled legally as refugees from countries where they've been known to be sympathetic toward Hamas and mm-hmm. anti-Israel. We've had, I mean, in my hometown, St. Cloud, Minnesota, some kid whose parents were refugees from Somalia was playing around on the internet, found some ISIS website, was radicalized, and inspired to go on a stabbing spree at the mall in my hometown. Yeah. And yeah. thankfully, because it's Minnesota, there was an off-duty police officer who shot him in the head pretty yeah. quickly, and he nice. didn't actually kill anyone, <laughs> as far as I remember. Can we just wall off Dearborn? <laughs> Yeah. Well, you've seen the video. It's a major city, but that's the people were like, there was a Hamas flag in Minneapolis. How did this happen? And I'm like, people there are very sympathetic. Yes. To the Palestinian cause. Yes. Quote unquote Palestinian. Yeah. That's where Ilhan's from. And it's like, yeah, there are a lot of people who, again, might not have felt emboldened to say or do anything, but now because they see their elected leaders and the media and college students and all these institutions coming around to be like, we need to end Israel because Palestine has been oppressed. Yes. That just gives these people basically the freedom to sh- let their freaky Hamas flag fly and run around doing this. On nonsense. those ATVs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's absurd. Absurd. It's going to get even worse. Yeah. So. I, yeah. Buy guns and ammo. I don't even know. And then the second part of this, another story that I covered this week, is this CBP-1 app that oh, the Biden yeah. administration was like, uh-huh. this is how people 
can make appointments to get vetted and determine whether or not their asylum claims are valid or whatever. So it turns out the Biden administration has just been using the CBP-1 app and abusing it to basically let everybody who's an in it, quote unquote inadmissible alien into the country. Uh-huh. So the Biden administration knows that they are inadmissible to the United States, they're illegal immigrants, but then uses this app and the, uh, the Homeland Security Committee on Capitol Hill, run by Republicans, um, the name escapes me, uh, Mark Green, I believe yeah. is the chairman of that committee, has been demanding data and documentation from the Biden administration and DHS specifically on how, what's the app doing? What are you guys, how's, how's it hanging? Like, what are you guys even using this for? And they finally got data for it for basically the first chunk of the year, like January through September. And it turns out that 95.8% of admiss- inadmissible aliens who make appointments to be screened through the app end up released into the country. Great. Yep. So they're not rejecting basically anyone. They're just letting everybody who's inadmissible into the United States. So it's some like 266,000 inadmissible aliens the Biden administration literally admitted into the United States. Yep. So who knows what they're doing? Oh, I'm sure they're up to a lot of good. I mean, if you see, you've seen what's going on in New York. I mean, these terrorists gathering in the streets. Oh, that Times Square thing um, was disgusting. Dressed up as full-blown Hamas. Yeah, and they had yeah. swastikas yeah. out. I mean, yeah. not going to see that in the New York Times front page. No. Uh, well, uh, I think that we're going to quickly realize the reality of just how many terrorists are in our country once the invasion happens. Um, and there are some sort of retaliatory attacks here. Um, I will, especially I, if Biden grows a spine and actually helps Israel, I think it the chance worse, of attack yeah. is yeah. much, much worse in the U.S. Yeah. if we are actively fighting. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, think we're, we're going to keep be, we're going to keep rearming them and giving them. You know, I think I think we're going to be fighting. Um, yeah. I don't. I think that once that happens, well, the Iran put how many troops on like ready to deploy notice? A lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have multiple divisions of Marines that can be on the ground. Iran is going to. Re- retaliate significantly that's why we're putting the thads over there uh they're gonna probably launch some level of ballistic missile um you know they're probably going to attack u.s bases in the middle east significantly we're gonna have to respond to that in some manner um you know it's it's just one of those things that could spiral out of control quickly you know we were sitting here concerned that uh ukraine and russia was going to lead to the third world war but little did we know that uh, the Middle East would once again pop off and become the greater threat yep. to that. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's and then you still got the whole China Taiwan thing, which we don't have time to go into. But well, uh, I, it's not the weather's not good. The cross weather's the not good. So also, invasion season has been, is off for now. I don't. I don't think they're looking to really rock the boat right now too, because they got domestic issues. Their oh, yeah. their economy is crumbling yeah. and. You know, really can't our economy is also crumbling. We don't have time to get into yeah. that today, but um, but we can put shit on credit. They really can't. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all you need to know is that Evergrande, the largest real estate company over there, their founder is no longer a billionaire. So yeah, <laughs> they they collapsed. There's some bear stirs. Uh, but I do want to there. talk about the Biden family corruption, especially having to do with the yeah. Chinese money and the. I'm business shocked scheme. they weren't doing business with terrorists. Like they might have been. I mean, they were, they were more yeah. in the, like, the corruption yeah. game. But yeah, like, yeah. China and Ukraine were the big ones. Very yeah. interesting how that lines up, right? Um, you wrote about this. We now have essentially, and this got buried because of the yeah. war and the speaker race and all that on. stuff. Uh, but I expect this to become a bigger issue, especially now with the new speaker. Congress is going to kind of reanimate. Um, <laughs> we essentially have the smoking gun. 
yeah. do. Yeah, of, of yeah. a direct payment to Joe Biden. 200, like literally a check. The uh-huh. scan of a $200,000 check <laughs> from Joseph, the bank. Joseph R. Biden. That says yeah. Joseph R. Biden. <laughs> yeah. And it's from his brother James and his wife Sarah Biden. <clears throat> and again, I like, remember when uh, the House Oversight Committee first like documented all these payments and Joe Biden was asked about it at a press conference in the White House uh-huh. and he said, show me the money. Yeah. Okay. Here you, here you go. Yeah. It's a check. We have it. And it was supposedly the repayment of a loan, but it was obtained from James Biden based on apparently the understanding that this came with the Biden family brand and the Biden family help and the influence and everything that comes with it. Uh, and so it's been overshadowed, like you said, by everything else that's been going on. But this is like the m- most clear evidence yet of a direct payment to Joe Biden, not to some you know, like shadow account, not to a family associate, not to one of these LLCs that they set up to hide the money and do this shell game where, according to the Ukrainian crooks, would take a decade for the United States Mm -hmm. and its government to unravel. This is just a $200,000 check that, again, Joe Biden needs to explain what this was actually a check for. Like, what were the conditions of the loan that this was supposedly repaying? Mm -hmm. What was James Biden promising in return for the loan that he got that allowed him to cut the $200,000 check to Joe Biden? Is that the brother with the... Or is that a different one? Um, no, uh, that's a different one, I think, right? You know, the whole Biden family is a bunch of perverted crooks. I don't know why they I mean, must immediately whip out a camera every time they're naked. <laughs> yeah, well, Hunter Biden, well, Hunter loves it with the M and M's. That's true. Shut down my mouth. Yeah, it's hundred yeah. percent true. Them. Fact, which is why I kind of think that maybe they didn't deal with terrorists because you think that a terrorist country is gonna permit, you know, first of all, there, there's gonna be no. <laughs> There for Hunter, <laughs> no booze, well, no di- drugs. He'll be bored out of his mind. Yeah, the, <laughs> the dictators are a little more rough. Yeah. All right. So well, before we wrap up the show here, obviously our economy is teetering on the edge. We're going to talk more about that. Next oh yeah, week. we got numbers coming this week too, so we can uh, discuss. These economic numbers are going to be a mess. Um, we got another the, Fugazi report. We got the yeah. GDP number coming tomorrow. The yep. initial uh, third quarter estimate uh-huh. that's tomorrow. We're down four percent. Friday we <laughs> no. I think we're down four percent. No, it's four gonna and a half. Be, it's gonna be very minor. Which growth. is a segue to buy gold and silver. <laughs> Not financial advice, um, <coughs> but what I did want to get your your take on uh, Spencer. I oh. mean, we talk about it all the time here. The election, right? Oh. We have is that the, happening still. Yeah. Day? has Joe Biden not canceled? That? Well, it might be canceled because of World War Three, but um, you need have, government. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have uh, you know these these Joe Biden poll numbers essentially collapsing. His support yeah. collapsing across the board, across basically all demographic groups. Um, Everybody hates Joe Biden, yep. right? And he sucks. Everybody knows Everyone. it. Even Democrats. Young people, suburban yeah, voters. The Democrats educated, know he sucks. Uneducated. They're kind of locked in a real bad relationship with him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, they're going to try to maybe find a way out of it. I mean, I don't think he's going to survive to the election at this point. He's looking really old and feeble. Today, when he was walking away from his press conference with the uh, Australian Prime Minister, the guy looked like he was about to snap in half. Yeah. Oh, um, did you see his little walk on the beach this weekend? Oh. Yeah, that was bad, too. I mean, he does love long walks yeah. on the beach. Yeah. And so Probably I, with a bunch of classified documents before yeah. he falls <laughs> off his bike again. I, I've seen some <laughs> anecdotal evidence amongst people I know who weren't necessarily super pro-Trump. Uh, they have voted Trump in the past two times. They were hoping maybe for someone else, you know, to take over the mantle, DeSantis or whatever. The, this it's not gone well. The primary is pretty much over at this point unless something drastic changes. Um, so, but they seem to be all coming back around to Trump. 
and saying, you know what? Maybe he's not the greatest, but things were under control when he was in office. The border was a lot, a hell of a lot more secure, you know, getting close to being mostly fully secure, right? We had world peace, the, the market, the stock market, the job market, wage growth, the economy as a whole. Energy was great. independence. We were in We had exporter. energy independence. Yeah, the gas world prices. Came to us for energy. Right. Everything by basically every measure was better. <laughs> Yes. And I think you're now seeing, you know, obviously these people are Republicans that I know, but I think you're also seeing a big change in independents who hate Trump personally and hate his guts, but they still say, you know what? His agenda's good. Maybe we do need to go back to Trump. And I think that's mm-hmm. a big change electorally from the, you know, the, the scream into the air people, right? <laughs> obviously, they'll never be recovered. I miss but them too. You know, no! everything, I miss how yeah. great everything was, and I also miss how triggered... All these idiots were. Like, right. It was so much fun to watch them melt down, even though there was nothing to complain about. So do you think that, you know, something like this does have long-term staying power? Or, you know, if the war, say, comes and goes in a couple months, we get into next year, you know, what, what do you kind of think the situation is as of right now? Obviously very fluid. <laughs> but what's your, what's your like, you fluid? know? A lot of gender fluid. Obviously, nice. you know. All, all kinds of fluids. All but, kinds of fluids. You know. oh. Fluids all over the... F- <laughs> Bill Clinton. Um, fluids coming out of her eyes. Oh, I got a blue dress on. Oh. <laughs> right, Save that ahead. dress. Yeah, Save yeah, it. Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> Is it true that there was a picture in Jeffrey Epstein's mansion of you and Monica's blue dress storm? Yes. Oh. That's what I heard. I was... What's what's the lady's name? Linda Tripp. Oh. Me and Linda Tripp. Monica. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, Joe Biden has alienated every potential part of his base that... He relied on in 2020, and so part of the problem is he significantly overpromised because he was had the convenience of running against Trump when there were so many Democrats triggered over nothing, and so he was sort of the return to normalcy guy and claimed that he would build back better and he would bring us out of the pandemic and we had vaccines and everything was going to be great, and then even though he like declared COVID over four times, he kept pushing mandates. He did all this stuff. The economy has, by some measures, still not gotten back to where it was before COVID-19 hit, let alone built back any better. And the sort of normalcy that he promised has turned into the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and new war in the Middle East apparently about to break out. Mm-hmm. And so everything he promised so much winning. failed <laughs> miserably. His whole Build Back Better thing, they had to completely rebrand into Bidenomics because they realized saying Build Back Better wasn't going to work anymore because it wasn't back and it wasn't better. And Bidenomics is a disaster as well. You still have inflation. Prices are up. I think it's like 17 point something percent since he took office on goods for Americans. They've had, you know, more than two years straight plus a couple other months tacked on now of negative real wages. So everything he promised, he did not deliver on. And that's why you have everybody turning on him, especially his handling of national security and the economy, because those are two areas that are a disaster. Because you look at the border and you look at the economy and everything has gone to hell. Yep. What are we doing and what are we, or where are we going and what are we doing in this handbasket, basically? Mm. And so that's a huge problem. And now you have even sort of the ideological people that he won over with his TikTok influencers before are now all turning on him because they're all pro Hamas terrorist sympathizers. Yep. And so there's really no turning it around for him. But then you have, if, if Donald Trump had not been indicted four times and he was running a normal campaign and not running basically a massive legal defense fund in addition to a campaign, I feel like things would be different because he has to talk about all of the criminal cases. Right. right. Which, unfortunately, means he's not talking about 
his record and what he did and everything else. But I, I think people, like, I think the, more, more, yeah. the more the international community goes to hell, I think the more scared Americans are and the more they want somebody who's no nonsense and is actually going to govern like Trump did. I just don't know how long that'll last and if Trump will be able to actually do that. Yeah. I think when voters continue to look at their 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 wallets being torched every paper. I mean, it should be, I mean, it's it should be an there. easy case to make yeah. in the, are you better off now than you were four years ago? Because yeah. the answer for probably 99% of Americans oh, is no, obviously no. Obviously not. Um, and it's always been an election killer. But, and there's, but then there's also the wild card of what happens internationally, how many wars we're in, and if there are any attacks here at home. Because obviously that changes the whole political landscape. Big yeah, time. Huge. Big time. Um, but then again, I don't trust Joe Biden to actually lead us into a war in the Middle East and do it well because he yeah. couldn't even lead us out of a war in the Middle East well. And I don't think <laughs> yeah. he would respond yeah. to terrorist attacks, God forbid they happen in the United States well. So the norm, like, there's not going to be the George Bush at ground zero moment talking no. about I can hear you and the rest yeah. of the world yeah. will be hearing from all of us soon moment. You're not going to have that kind it'll of, like, yeah, it'll be like rallying. Look, look what happens when they shoot straight. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like, yeah. I mean. They fined Trump $10,000 for violating the gag order. Yes. I don't understand how yeah. they could possibly have a gag order on him at all right now. It uh, seems very... Uh, well, look, look at the judge who issued Well, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. But, like, it's just crazy to me. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, again, there's so many wild cards that it's yeah. like, is the polling going to stay the way it is? Yeah. Again, we're more than a year out, and there are probably five more wars, if you think about it, yeah. that could erupt yeah. by the time we get there. You've got China and Taiwan. You've got a lot of coups happening in Africa recently that might necessitate a U.S. response as far as humanitarian and, like, evacuation of U.S. Well, we have a ton of troops in, in Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. without yeah. a direct uh, yep. authorization, authorization. Yep. but they're still there. So, yep. any, like, there are a million other places that could pop off that... We like, had just world nobody's peace. talking about. I mean, because you've got North Korea and South Korea. He's up, like Kim Jong Un is just having a field day over there right now with his yeah. button that works. Yeah, it does. And yeah. uh, you've got again China and Taiwan. You've got situations in Africa. You've got the rest of the Middle East, which who knows how that's going to pop up. I mean, that could. There are so many different groups and people that again, when they sense chaos. That's what they thrive on. Yeah. And so if everybody's saying, like, Donald Trump is the chaos candidate, he actually maintained world peace. Yeah. Well, he set the foundation for a normalization of relations between Saudi Arabia and yes, Israel. The Abraham and that is, that's been all these yeah. things. Completely derailed Listen, now. we had world peace because everybody was afraid of him. Everybody, Which he, is literally was, the definition of peace through strength. Yeah, the whole yes. reason we have a massive I'm military okay with that. is we have it in the hope that we never have to use it, but the rest of the world has to believe that we will use it anytime we want for any reason. Well, and now our and military is decimated and the stockpiles are and our readiness is because they emphasize DEI and woke bullshit over, you know, war fighters. So and we can't well, who could have seen this coming? Well, hey, is at, least, at least we have a healthy strategic petroleum reserve. Oh, wait, forgot. Yeah. yeah. That's totally gone that's too. Another, I mean, everything is great, great for war prep, by the way. Yeah. And that's depleted. So anyway, Shout and you know the Democrats are also going to pull some shenanigans on that election too. I mean, come on. We're going we to have it again. But Shout out to loyal listener Jay Blankenship for what is another happy episode of Triggered. Oh, yeah, John. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. I'm sure he's listening. Uh, all right. Well, that's enough for today. Uh, it's if, all terrible. Yeah. Well, we, we can go on for another three hours about how this is going to be on. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go get my hair cut. I look like a homeless piece of terrorist. Yeah. I do. I am growing out the yeah, Alawak beard. beard. Yeah. yeah. Well, now yeah, I'm going to go get a haircut. The and then Taliban totally is not it. in charge of town hall. I believe that's called the. Right now. 
He's going full Akbar. Ahmadinejad right now. Yeah. Beard. Oh, no. Yes. Death. This death, is a disaster. Death to everybody. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. Tri- uh, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, email us triggered at townhall.com. There should be a lot after that. A episode. lot of concerns. And if you enjoy Triggered and Wanted Uncensored, you know what to do. Become a Town Hall VIP member at townhallvip.com. Use the promo code SAVEAMERICA for 50% off. You're going to want to get into this exclusive club of Patriots because it's, I guarantee you, money-back guarantee, the only people who get a money-back guarantee are the triggered listeners. Mm -hmm. No one has ever asked for that money back. So you will love it. You'll get Triggered Uncensored. You'll get Matt's VIP column. You'll get Spencer's VIP column, which is coming out tomorrow, and it's tremendous. I haven't read it, but I hear it's tremendous from the people who edited it. Um, <laughs> you, you get get Kurt stuff, Katie stuff, Larry. I mean, you get a ton of shit. So I promise you will love it. Townhallvip.com. Use the promo code SAVEAMERICA for 50% off. And again, if you want to reach out to us, email us triggered at townhall.com. We will be back here. Uh, next Wednesday, mm-hmm. which I believe is the first, yeah, day after Halloween, first of uh, November, for another episode of Truth. Yeah.